Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever part of the day you are in, as always. I sure do appreciate y'all joining me, giving me a little bit of your time, whether you're in the midst of getting ready for work or sitting on the porch in the afternoon by fire, driving to or from work, conference periods, lunches, vacuuming, dishes, laundry, babies, whatever it is that you're doing, I'm glad you took some time to join us. For those of y'all, as always, also that continue to share the podcast to help it to grow, I'm incredibly grateful for that. You telling other people about it, word of mouth, is without a doubt how it grows the best. And for those of y'all that have joined over on Patreon to get the extra podcasts each week and are financially supporting the podcast, thank you so much. Lord, thank you for the time to record this. Thank you for those people that listen to it and share it. Thank you for living in America and the time that you have given us. Thank you for all your many blessings on each of us individually and as a nation. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us our sins. Forgive us when we do what we know we shouldn't. And please guide us, be our God, forever. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, and his blood. Watch over those who lead us, please also guide them. And help us to do your word. And give me the words you want me to speak today. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Got cold again. We'll see how long it actually stays. Probably not very long. Sadly. And so we got to sit by fire last night, which was nice. And I think that is about about it for today. So we are going to keep talking about Washington, but in a little different way. Actually, we're going to talk about Washington most of today, but it's not just limited to him. One of the lies that has really been perpetuated, that's the right word right now, by the left is that, so the overall one, right, is that God didn't have anything, our founders didn't want anything to do with Christianity in our government, which if you have been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you know enough now to know that that's not even remotely close to truth. Uh, But within that, one of the things is 
that God didn't have a hand in creating this nation because we were, we chose to be subservient to him and turn to him. And that also ignores in its own right, a mountain of evidence. Uh, we talked about this recently. I think I said this at some point in the next few weeks, probably maybe sooner than that, we will go back and do a few podcasts on the Mayhew sermon from the middle of the 18th century that really kind of helped spark the revolution. But there were thousands upon thousands of sermons and uh, leaflets, etc., that showed how much our founders looked to God, the Father of Jesus Christ, for guidance during this period leading up to the revolution. And they knew, they talked about openly. Um, there's some great comments that we've read. Alexander Hamilton comes to mind. Um, Benjamin Franklin talking about prayer during the Constitutional Convention, the need to pray to God, uh, and so many others. John Adams acknowledged this relationship. And they talked about how conspicuous God's hand was. In fact, we read a quote from Washington uh, just within the last few podcasts about what his comment, his, his thoughts on somebody that didn't acknowledge God's hand in the revolution, said they were worse than an infidel. And if they didn't acknowledge their obligations to him, worse than wicked. And so it was very strong belief in our founders that God had a hand in the revolution. And so today we're going to read through some comments about Washington uh, and his survival in battle, particularly during the French and Indian War, and how many people associated that with God's, his hand on Washington. And just a little side note here, as I was doing research for this, this is from America's God and Country Encyclopedia of Quotes, William Federer. Uh, also, I can't, I'm, I'm, we're going to get to one tomorrow, I think, but none of the quotes that I'm going to use today come from it. But both the Patriots Bible and the Founders Bible, phenomenal resources. I, I recommend all three, and I do it frequently because I feel like it's so important because it teaches so much history that we do not teach anymore in public school primarily. And, uh, and that's a huge part of the reason that we're in the mess we're in is because we don't talk about this. So uh, this is advice that Mary Washington gave her son when he left. Remember that God is our only sure trust. To him I commend you, my son. Neglect not the duty of secret prayer. Which really kind of speaks there in a way, folks. You know, a lot of people talk about Washington later in life uh, not being overtly Christian. Uh, meaning like publicly, which isn't really true when you look at his inaugural address and, and a number of other pieces of evidence. But 
one of the things Washington was a very private man, and uh, but his his faith was really strong when you look at his personal records. And maybe this came from his mother and that comment, you know, never, never, what did she say? Neglect the duty of secret prayer. The account of George Washington at the battle at the Mongolia, I'm sure I didn't pronounce that right, I apologize, was included in student textbooks in America until 1934. During the French and Indian War, George Washington fought alongside of the British General Edward Braddock. On July 9, 1755, the British were on the way to Fort Dunsky when the French surprised them in an ambush attack. The British, who were not accustomed to fighting unless in an open field, were being annihilated. Washington rode back and forth across the battle delivering General Braddock's orders. As the battle raged, every other officer on horseback except Washington was shot down until even General Braddock was killed, at which point the troops fled in confusion. After the battle on July 18, 1755, Washington wrote to his brother John A. Washington, But by the all-powerful dispensations of providence I have been protected beyond all human probability or expectation. For I had four bullets through my coat, and two horses shot under me, yet escaped unhurt, although death was leveling my companions on every side of me. <laughs> two things really big here. One, Washington talking about God and God's hand protecting him when everybody else was dying. And two, and this wasn't the direct quote of Washington to his brother. This was the commentary in America's God and Country quotation. The fact that until 1934, this account of the battle was included in student textbooks. I can't help but mention here just another piece of evidence of, of how poorly, poorly we are doing today in public education. And... Yeah, are there some bad teachers, administrators, and students? Out, I mean, uh, counselors out there? Absolutely. You, you see them. I've seen videos recently, and you see more and more coming out these days. There are some really atrocious uh, school boards, administrators, counselors, uh, teachers, telling kids all kinds of lies and evil and pushing them toward those lies and evil and encouraging them. But don't buy into this notion. A, don't buy into the notion that we don't need an educated population. We absolutely do, and our founders believed it, many of them dearly. And we've talked about that on this podcast. We have to have an educated population for our republic to function. That's another just, I'm kind of going all around here, folks, and I'm sorry. But the idea that when you become a Christian, when you choose to follow the principles of Christ, that you somehow become stupid is also just another horrific lie. Our founders had a very deep faith, and they were arguably the most brilliant set of individuals put together, both the men and the women there, uh, that we've ever had in this country. The fact that we've made technological advances today that they didn't know anything about doesn't reduce by one iota their brilliance. And so this idea that you can't have that Christian faith and intelligence are somehow mutually exclusive. The opposite is actually true. You, you can't really be a Christian unless you're willing to give everything into it. 
all of your faculties that God has blessed you with, right? And, and they knew that we had to have an educated population for this republic to work also. And so don't, don't buy into these people that say, oh, we got to just completely destroy uh, public education and never, if we do, and I'm not one to argue that we, we need a reset, absolutely. But we're going to have to come up with something, folks. And, and there's some real simple ways to fix public education if we're willing to do it. Simple in the sense that the solutions are simple. The repercussions may be very traumatic, but the solutions are simple. But this is just one piece of evidence. We, we teach all this stuff. And let me go back here and make sure, let me finish that original. You, you have some really great, some phenomenal administrators, some phenomenal school board members, some phenomenal counselors and teachers. But what we have done as a country to public education and allowed to be done to it ties their hands in a lot of situations. And if you don't believe me, go find somebody that you trust, a teacher, administrator, counselor, somewhere across the nation, because I know y'all are all over the place. doesn't matter what state, talk to one that you really trust. And they will tell you, 100% they'll tell you that in many cases when it comes to really taking care of children and educating them, their hands are tied by the political rulings coming out of the Capitol. And I'm not really talking about Washington, D.C. I'm talking about whatever state you're in, your state capital. Uh, although Washington, D.C. is certainly not helping. So, you know, we, we taught these accounts of Washington all the way up until the 1930s, which is really interesting, right? Because on here we've talked about how that socialism push came, started coming in then in the previous decade to education. So kind of that ties in with that too. Fifteen years later, Washington and Dr. Creek, a close friend from his youth, were traveling through those same woods near the Ohio River and great Kawana River. They were met by an old Indian chief who addressed Washington through an interpreter. I am a chief and ruler over many tribes. My influence extends to the waters of the Great Lakes and to the far blue mountains. I have traveled a long and weary path that I might see the young warrior of the great battle. It was on the day when the white man's blood mixed with the streams of our forest that I first beheld this chief, Washington. I called to my young men and said, Mark yon tall and daring warrior. He is not of the Redcoat tribe. He hath an Indian's wisdom and his warriors fight as we do, himself alone exposed. Quick, let your aim be certain and he dies. Our rifles were leveled. Rifle switch, but for you, knew not how to miss. T'was all in vain. A power mightier far than we shielded you. Seeing you were under the special guardianship of the Great Spirit, we immediately ceased to fire at you. I am old and soon shall be gathered to the great council fire of my fathers in the land of shades. But ere I go, there is something bids me speak in the voice of prophecy. Listen, 
The great spirit protects that man, pointing at Washington, and guides his destinies. He will become the chief of nations, and a people yet unborn will hail him as the founder of a mighty empire. I am come to pay homage to the man who is the particular favorite of heaven and who can never die in battle. The famous Indian warrior who was in that battle said, Washington was never born to be killed by a bullet. I had 17 fair fires at him with my rifle, and after all, could not bring him to the ground. If that doesn't give you a little bit of chills listening to the Indian chief talk, and him calling God the Great Spirit doesn't in any way detract from the fact that there was a strong belief that God's hand was guiding Washington. And you see that in Washington's letter to his brother, his own belief in that. You hear it in the voice of this Indian warrior talking about being able to fire so many times and never bring him down. And there's a number of other examples in our history time and time again where we should have lost. Chaos should have ensued. And victory should have gone to our enemies. And yet it didn't. And as Washington said, it it really takes somebody with some pretty bad ulterior motives to truly look at the evidence. I'm not talking about somebody that's completely uninformed, but to look at the evidence and say, eh, not really. God wasn't there. That's just all fairy tales and make-believe. You can't prove it. Fair enough. If you know much about war and battle at all, and you listen to these accounts. Midway in World War II is another great example that I use often on this podcast. The fact that we were able to destroy as many Japanese aircraft carriers in as short a time as we were able to, and completely turn the tide of the war after losing, getting our butts handed to us pretty consistently for months on end by the Japanese, And to think that that was just by our own strength and speed and power or just random Mother Nature coincidence. That takes a a lot more faith than just being willing to acknowledge the simple truth that God's hand was involved. So it all ties together, folks. And it all goes back to God. And... And in a lot of ways, it all goes back to how poorly we've done educating ourselves over the last century. And we have to fix that. Our knowledge of our country, our marriages, our relationship with our spouses, our faith, our relationship with God, these things have to become more important than sports, more important than mere academic discovery, more important than Netflix and Hulu and our phones and social media and being entertained. And if we don't radically change our priorities and put them in the right order, we will lose this republic. There's no doubt about that at all.
we have to radically shift our priorities back to God and that hope that only He can offer through His Son, Jesus Christ. God bless you all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to you all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.